podcast where we serve up all sorts of spicy conversations of the latest science fiction movies and television shows that we are watching. If you want to find out more about Dining at the End of the Universe, please visit DiningAtTheEndOfTheUniverse.com. Welcome to the Dining Welcome to Dining at the End of the Universe. I was going to say the end of the world, but maybe both. Not, no, we're not there yet, but... In 2012. In, in a couple years, we are. When, 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 when everything ends, it all goes to pot, hell, whatever. Mm-hmm. The great beyond. Yes. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, <clears throat> my name is Scott. And I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are your diners on tonight's podcast. We have a couple uh, pieces of news here we're going to give you just in a bit, but uh, we had we had some good shows last week. Enjoyed that show and had a fairly good response. Mm-hmm. A lot of good response from you listeners there who were giving us some feedback on your favorite Josh Whedon shows. We'll give you the results a little bit later on in the show. And, uh, yeah. So how have you been doing, Miles? Doing fine. Uh, as far as uh, sci-fi goes, uh since uh, uh, Dollhouse is not on, I've been watching a lot of um, True Calling. It's uh, the show that Eliza Dushku was in a couple that's years right, ago. That's right. That's right. Only lasted two seasons, but it was a pretty good show. And if you watch it, you get to see some people that you're very familiar with who are who, who, who in BSG or um, Firefly. Um, so um, It does uh, seem like uh, actors that act in sci-fi – there's they're almost niche. Not that they stick exclusively to sci-fi shows, but right. But it seems like they, you know, they seem if, to gravitate toward that. They gravitate towards it. It's it's one way to help you know launch their career, get them get them started. Right, right. So what you're saying is that sci-fi is only good as a starting point. So that's what you're saying. That and uh, unfortunately for many of these fine actors, they get um, uh, what's the um, uh, stereotyped, um, typecasted. You know, but quite frankly, some of these actors are really good actors, the, and, and they deserve to be in science fiction. They are the ones that are giving science fiction a good name, right? And they're not getting the uh, the awards that, that they should be getting um, because of sci-fi. Because sci-fi is kind of like the uh, redheaded uh, stepchild of uh, entertainment. <laughs> well, it is. You know, it took Lord of the Rings three. Year, well, three years. By the th- third one, finally won all those awards. Mm-hmm. But you know, nothing really had changed. The same cinematic, the same music. I mean, it was they were they were all really good movies, right? And it's not just one, you can't look at it as just one movie. It's it's kind of a it's in a whole. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. What whatever. But yeah. uh, sci-fi. I mean, still you know, it still makes money at the box office. Uh, still sells books and. Uh, uh, the best stories, I think, are told in the sci-fi universe. Yep. yep. And uh, as far as sci-fi, I mean, first, from my end, I've been watching uh, – I watched Eagle Eye. Okay. I'll give a little bit of review of that a little mm-hmm. bit later on. Not a lot else that I watched. I watched Eagle Eye. I think that was it. That was the only one that was any sort of techno-gadgety sort of science fiction-ish. 
type of movie. Yeah. So I didn't watch anything else. Oh, you watched uh, the Ando movie we're going to talk about, Star Runner. Star Runners, yeah. We'll mm-hmm. be talking about that later on. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking forward to Transformers coming out this week. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm psyched for that, actually. So right, right. It'll, it'll be pumping, that's it's, for sure. It's been a good summer for movies so far. Yep. So we'll see what happens. Anyways, let's talk about some show news. Okay. So we have a we have two stores that people should be visiting, right? Absolutely. Um, you need to go to our Amazon store, which is uh, it's linked in our in, on, the, on our on our webpage. Um, yeah, it is, and then and uh, you can find it in the notes and mm-hmm. on the sidebar. And you, you, there's a good chance you could save some money on some. Um, some, some DVDs and some books by, by going there. Certainly over buying them at Barnes & Noble or Borders, you'll find them on, on, on Amazon a bit cheaper. Right, and pre-ordering, you, you, you save some money also. So Right, right. Which, by the way, the DVDs they should be pre-ordering would be, of course, Dollhouse, which comes out this month. Mm-hmm. By the way, there is the uh, 13th episode that never aired, so if you want to get a chance to see that. So there was an episode that didn't air for yeah, Dollhouse? Yeah. By the way, Felicia Day is on it, and she was in uh, Dr. Horrible. Okay. So uh, I follow her on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So she's an active Twitterer, I guess. And um, if you want to, if you can order through her store, it would be actually great. We'd love to have it. And we have another store, Miles. Yes. Uh, Cafe Press should be familiar to many of you listeners. Uh, for other places like to uh, put out their own T-shirts and other souvenir type, type things. Uh, Mugs, beer signs, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we don't have all of them available. We have what do we have available in that store? We have T-shirts at the moment. Um, I we had something else, but I, I think buttons and stickers. Are yes, also there, there you go. So, if you want to promote dining on your tailpipe, you can do so. Please do. Yep. Paste it on your forehead. Get a tattoo in your arm. Spread the word. Yep. Anyway, any way you can. Mm-hmm. Um, in other news, we have um, we just want to let you know that if you are a podcaster listening to the show, or if you know of a show that deserves mentioned, another sci-fi show that deserves mentioned on this show, let us know. Uh, we would love to play promos on, and uh, we always love to hear about other sci-fi shows. You know, we're all in this together. You know, just Absolutely, one great big happy family, happy mm-hmm. happy joy joy happy happy <laughs> joy joy. <laughs> Anyways, and then next week, just uh, one other note before we move into some uh, our trivia and then some brief news, is we will be interviewing Michael Schilling from Shore Leave 31. Now, Shore Leave 31 has some awesome, awesome guests that are coming, including some people from Dollhouse and the latest Star Trek movie. Yes. Uh, we'll be interviewing him about Shore Leave, and we will be at Shore Leave. Still not sure if we're podcasting from the floor yet, but we're going to find out. I, th- I have a feeling we're going to be able to do that. I hope so. And um, anyways, so we're going to be talking to, to him next week. But there's, if there is any or are any questions that you have for Michael Schilling about Shore Leave, let us know. We'll be happy to address them when we talk to him. And Shore Leave is a fan-run um, convention, so oh, – yeah. uh, I guess we should establish that by the fans and for the fans. Yeah, it, obviously, it, it'll be a you know forgive the fun of the pun, the, the, uh, a, a fan fan friendly convention. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, and uh, and the and, and the uh, the people that are coming here are, are, are people that want to meet the fans. So, absolutely, a lot of people from Stargate, mm-hmm. Star Trek, people, yeah, Dollhouse. Unfortunately, the fringe lady that was going to be there is no longer coming. But yeah, Dollhouse Fringe, you know, they're there. Josh, Whedon. Kevin Sorbo's not, can't make it either. No, no. Unfortunately, Hercules will not be there. No Hercules or Captain Dylan Hunt. Yeah, from, right, right. From Andromeda. But 
All right. Why don't we move into trivia? Okay. We asked last week – this is a Firefly question. What is the name given to Jane's gun? I wasn't looking for a fight. Always do seem to find one, though. Do I have your attention? Kind of going to extremes here, ain't we? There's times I think you don't take me seriously. I think that ought to change. Do you think it's likely to? You got something you don't deserve. And it's brought me a galaxy of fun, I'm here to tell you. Six men came to kill me one time. And the best of them carried this. It's a Callahan full-bore auto lock. Customized trigger, double cartridge thorough gauge. This is my very favorite gun. You offered me a trade? A trade? Hell, it's theft. This is the best damn gun made by a man. It has extreme sentimental value. It's miles more worthy than what you got. What I got? She has a name. So does this. I call it Vera. Well, my days are not taking you seriously. They're certainly coming to a middle. And the answer was Vera. Yeah, I love that scene. Uh, it's a great scene. But we had two people answer the question correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, before the show, we did our rock, paper, scissors to figure out which one of the two who answered it correctly would get mm-hmm. the prize. And the prize was what? Uh, they, they will get a copy of uh, Parapsycho. A Parapsycho. So we will have to get contact information. The, the winner was Hearn. And congrats to both Hearn and uh, Justin Stahl for uh, answering the question correctly. But Hearn, you want out. And so I will need to get your address so that Miles can come visit you. But I'll have a book in my hand. He will. And uh, in his other hand, he'll be carrying a phaser. A phaser. <laughs> of course. Well, he'll be a phaser outside your house mm-hmm. in Canada. Eh. Anyways, so that's it. And we'll be giving you, of course, our next trivia question at the end of the show. I'm not sure if we have any prizes for that, but we'll still ask it anyways. It'll be a good trivia question. Another Firefly trivia question, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So very good. All right. Well, why don't we move into some sci-fi briefs? What is this news thing they speak of? It's massive. It's big. Okay, in our briefs, and uh, if you remember last week, we talked about our briefs, and um, anyways, we talked about our briefs and the fact that there are short little news segments we're going to do here before our regular news, and I'm not sure there's really much of a difference, but our first piece of news is, of course, we had Captain Picard Day on Twitter two days ago. I'm not sure if it was just a Twitter thing or if it was worldwide. I didn't hear much about it, but... uh, Thanks to Wooly Mittens and Nightwise, who both were, you know, drinking their their tea, Earl Grey, wearing their Star Trek fan uh, shirts. So he had a Captain Picard. Wooly Mittens had a Captain Picard shirt on. I wish I would have knew it was Captain Picard and, Day. And you could have been. You follow me on Twitter. You must have been on that day. I must must be. But what? Anyways, Captain Picard Day I was on Twitter, and uh, go Captain Guitar. That guy's old now. He's probably pushing seventy. Right. And uh, I hope I look that good when I'm seventy. Uh, Patrick Stewart's one of these guys. He just didn't seem to age for years. Right, right. And then a couple of years ago, well, I mean, 
we all get older, but he just he, now he's starting to look his age a little more. Which for him, he's still looking pretty good. But um, right, right, right. He's starting to look his uh, almost seventy years now. Okay. RoboCop. Um, we've been talking about reboots a lot, and the sci-fi seems to be going back to the well uh, for, uh, for um, new for further stuff. Uh, but uh, it's a reboot of RoboCop. It's a remake. It won't hit the theaters till uh, two thousand eleven. You looking forward to it? I like the first one, so I will definitely check it out. Yeah, I don't know if I'll see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. It depends. It depends. I mean, we haven't seen any trailers for it. Now, did, did you see all three RoboCop movies? I saw the first two. Okay. The first, the the second one I thought was a little more violent than it needed to be. Yeah. And the third one seemed to tone it down some, but... Um, right. Um, Anyways, so RoboCop, if you liked RoboCop, it's coming to a theater near you in 2011. So we have two years to wait. Terminator Salvation defeats Star Trek internationally. This is kind of big news. I mean, because, I mean, Star Trek was doing so, so well. But it's still, Star Trek is still doing well nationwide. But what's interesting is that uh, Terminator Salvation didn't seem to do as well nationwide. Yeah, and and I think that's really the story here, right? That's the story because... One is not doing so great that some will even go so far as say Terminator Salvation bombed, which it didn't really. But it's just uh, well, yeah, it was what a hundred, a hundred million, which isn't terrible for an opening movie. But no. but it continued to do wonders. They said over the weekend by staying on top of the international box office with it was an estimated forty six million dollar haul. The film stole the number one spot in thirty countries. The fourth Terminator film is now heading towards cracking the three hundred million mark. Having raked in 165 million on the international circuit and 113 on the U.S. circuit, although you, a Star Trek currently is the highest-grossing movie of 2009 as a result of the dominating U.S. box office performance, Terminator has now it has now well and truly eclipsed on the international circuit with Star Trek's international tally beginning to level out at 119 million. That's still good. I mean, that means we'll get another Terminator movie. Um, yeah. Yep. And. Um, and I guess if you liked it, I haven't seen it. I'm waiting to see it till mm-hmm. I get it on DVD. Fox announced that the second season of Fringe will start uh, September the 17th. And it's new Thursday night uh, time stop at 9, 9 p.m. It follows the hit series Bones. Yeah, so we'll have two good shows. You, did you watch Bones at all? I have not watched Bones. Bones is a great series. It's not a science fiction series, but it's the, the characterization is up there. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the, the writing's up there, I want to say almost Firefly caliber. It's okay. good. It's it's a really good show. I don't think there's one episode that we walk away from not liking. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm just glad that um, Fringe is not on the deadly uh, Friday, Friday night spot. Yeah, uh, which by the way, they're keeping Dollhouse on Fridays well, at 9 p.m. Well, it'll, I guess we should just be glad we're getting a, you know a few more episodes of Dollhouse, yeah. but we're going to probably say goodbye to it at the end. I don't see yeah. September 18th, right? That so these uh, they debut the same week, so we'll have a lot of sci-fi to talk about that week. Yep. Star Trek fans, um, if you read uh, Countdown, the comic book that was a prequel for the new movie, um, you'll be happy to know that uh, there's going to be a four-part Nero comic series. If you've seen the Star Trek movie. Um, you know that there's a gap of 25 years when Nero's ship travels to the past, and he waits 25 years um, for Spock. Spock does not emerge. Spock Prime does not emerge into that timeline. So uh, there's 25 years of stuff going on that they, they didn't really touch on the movie, which hopefully they will when the DVD comes out. But um, they're going to touch on that um, when the um, 
when the comic comes out, and they'll they'll deal with some stuff from the original TV series, uh, even a little bit from the motion picture. But um, the first episode comes out August twenty sixth. All right, so we are of course looking for that. You know, that is one of the questions that people had. You know, where was Nero in twenty five years? Just hanging out, chilling, yeah. not doing anything. But there, I mean, he was. I mean, not really giving any secrets, but. There, there. He was supposedly captured by the Klingons shortly thereafter, um, and destroying Klingon ships, destroying Federation starships. So, uh, yeah. So they, they just, you know, it was a two-hour movie. They just couldn't do it all. Did you read the countdown? I, I, I did, and uh, it, it did help uh, set the premise. Yes, yeah, set the tone and why why Nero was, uh, you know, hell bent on destroying Vulcan and, and destroying right, right. Earth. Sci-fi becomes sci-fi. We should clarify that. S-C-I-F-I becomes S-Y-F-I on July 7th, I believe, is either the last day for sci-fi as regular worded or or its first day of being sci-fi. I forget exactly, but July 7th, my question is who cares? All right. Yeah. It's going to be sci-fi, however you say it, and I think it's just a bonehead move. I still do. but. yeah, I don't, it's just to probably just to, just a little change, just to shake things up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> it's gotten made fun of again and again and again for meaning syphilis in some countries. So, in other news, we have a live action adaptation of a- Edgar Rice Burroughs' John Carter on Mars, a Mars, and this, of course, he's one of the initial science fiction writers. I mean, he's. He's kind of one of the front runners okay. of science fiction when you get it. I mean, he had a series of them. A lot of them are serial, serials, serials. Yeah, okay. thank you, serials. I can't speak tonight, but serials. You know, not the stuff you eat, the stuff you read. And um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Now, what? When? About? I'm not familiar with uh, Burroughs. When was he writing? Twenties. 30s, 40s. Oh, okay. So he's early, early stuff. Way early. I mean, yeah. we have some stuff from that era, but really 50s, 40, 50s becomes the golden age of science fiction, 60s, and um, this is pre that. Okay. So I think I'm right in that. So you can correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Wanted 2 uh, is being written um, – Angelina Jolie's character will be uh, will be back and now you said you did not see one. I, I didn't see the first one, so I saw one, and it took extremely long time to get started. But once it got started, it was fine. They of course kill off Angelina Jolie's character at the end, but they're gonna figure out a way to bring her back. Well, so, this is the movies; they can do that. They can, they can, and you know, heck, they just want Angelina Jolie to be back in that movie. It'll probably help sell tickets. And next piece of news, there is a – we normally don't play trailers during our briefs, but this is a trailer that's worth it. Did I miss one? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, the, uh, this is a trailer that's worth it. It is actually a fan trailer and not a real trailer, but it's worth mentioning because of Nathan Fillion being in it. And this is a trailer for, of course, what? Um, the, there is a Green Lantern movie in the works. Right, but this is a spoof in that trailer. It's not really the Green Lantern trailer movie. Sector 2814. I am Abin Sur. I ordered my ring to find you. What? 
And you've got this this superpower? It's not a superpower. Call it what you want, Nate, but that sure as hell sounds like some superhero cap and tight pants bullshit to me, man. Anyways, what's interesting about this sort of trailer? Well, they they spliced uh, scenes from some very familiar movies to anybody who uh, enjoys sci-fi or uh, comic book hero uh, movies. The music, uh, even some of the dialogue is going to sound familiar. It's like, hey, I heard that during Star Trek. Um, but again, this is a, a fan uh, trailer. And it's just, you know, a spoof, like you said before, but uh, entertaining nonetheless. I don't know if Nathan Fillion. We, we think he, we think from the way we're watching it that he participated in this in some way because there's some scenes that we haven't seen anywhere else. That's true. A lot of it's pulled from the others, and it's put together fairly well. It's entertaining. Like if you didn't know these other movies, you would say that this is a real Green Lantern trailer. Yeah, it's very. It, it's very. You know, well with with computer editing, what they could do now uh, looks very professionally done. Well, it makes you wonder: Could Nathan Fillion pull off the role of the Green Lantern? I think he could. Um, I mean, they used Robert Downey Jr. and uh, he's Iron fairly Man. old. Yeah, he's he's in his mid forties now, so he's not a spring chicken, but he's. At least be doing two more Iron Man movies, and uh, so Nathan Fillion's probably probably his late thirties now. So I, I I think he could still pull it off. We could eat spring chickens. Spring, yeah, yeah spring chickens with um, with uh, some some barbecue a sauce. Bit, a little bit of maybe a, ra- a raspberry marinade. Uh, some Jamaican jerk seasoning. Uh, uh, that'd be great. Yeah, mm, I'm hungry. Let's okay. stop the show. Let's go eat. Okay. No. No. Um, uh, anyway, just kidding. Yeah, and so uh, is that it? That's it for our news. That's it for our briefs. Well, let's go into our regular news. These are news stories that supposedly will be a little bit longer, but you know who knows. Uh, we found out earlier this week or last week that um, it is somewhat confirmed. At least I want to say somewhat confirmed because I don't have any official word from from them apparently. But the director who's directing The Hobbit said that uh, Hugo Weaving, uh, Ian McKellen, and it was Andy Serkis will all be returning for The Hobbit. 
The Hobbit, of course, is a two-movie installment, probably in the Christmas season again, like they did before. And uh, what's cool about these guys returning? Well, they were in the, um, in, in, you know, in the Lord, Lord of the Rings movies. Oh yeah, and they were, and they were, and they. When we see, when we see, you know, um, Elrond, and when we see, you know, Gandalf, and when we see, you know, Gollum. These are our, these are these are what we picture, right? And so, it'll be very familiar to us, and, right? Uh, and it's a continuation of the storyline. Mm-hmm. And, and these characters did play a role in the Hobbit. I mean, all the other characters they can recast because there's just no they play no role, right? Um, but here we have uh, a role that's played. So I think that's kind of cool. I'm I'm really glad to hear that they're uh, they're picking this back up and. Uh, that they're getting, I'm sure they're getting paid the big bucks to return. Right. I'm glad they're not waiting too long either. I mean, oh, Ian yeah. McKellen is uh, – He's aged. He, he, he's, he's up there too. So get him in these movies before but he I dies. I cannot wait to see Gandalf walk back into that screen. Yeah, he, he's, he, he's a good Gandalf. Yeah, great Gandalf. You watch Star Runners. Let's talk about Star Runners. We weren't going to do this review a little bit later on, so um, we're going to do it here. Tell us a little bit about – you watch Star Runners. Yes. Thoughts. Yeah. Okay, Star Runners, uh, sci-fi channel movie. Pretty much, you, you don't need to say more. Um, however, what what um, why why I watched it? Uh, the actor who plays Ando is in it, and the actor who uh, he was the engineer on Enterprise, uh, um, Commander Tucker. Um, they're like almost the movie is kind of guilty of ripping off from different sci-fi genres. A lot of it seemed like from Firefly. It seemed as far as what was going on, but. Um, what made it Firefly esque? So you, to say, uh, they were like playing smugglers, pirates. It's kind of like the uh, you know the Malcolm Reynolds character in a way. Um, uh, they're supposed to um, in Firefly. You know they they are hiding um, River well, and River is a special girl. Well, the government wants them to take this crate and transport someplace. Well, this crate has a special woman. She has these powers. Um, so some of the things seemed a little Firefly-ish with this movie, um, but not bad, you know, for what it was. I, I think uh, it was nice to see the actor who played Ando in something else. I think the actor who plays uh, the other character, Connor Schneer, I think he's he's got. Um, I, I liked his performance in it. I think he, if he could get the right role to launch his career, I, I think he, you know, he that's all he needs. He's you know, I think he reminds me a lot of Nathan Fillion in some ways. So it was it was it was it was enjoyable, but nothing spectacular. Nothing spectacular, yeah. So if you want to see it, wait till it comes out in DVD. Mm-hmm. You know, even even if it even makes it that far, so. <laughs> I'm sure the Sci Fi Channel will air it again. Oh, they will. So you can always watch it if you want or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, in other news, there's rumors. Well, actually, a little bit more of the rumors that we have a new Indiana Jones movie coming out. Uh, wow. Now, your thoughts on this, Miles? Well. It- I actually like the last film. Yes, I know that Harrison Ford is like 65 years old now. Um, and Yes, we know there were aliens in an Indiana Jones movie. But um, that didn't bother me because they sort of updated it to – this takes place in the 1950s. It's sort of you know aliens, sci-fi, flying saucers. That was a big and thing. Roswell. And yeah. Yeah, all that stuff was there. And so they, they addressed the whole the, – the Red Scare, um, the – you know dealing with the Russians. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it, it really was an entertaining movie. I walked away and I was entertained. That's what, that's what it was for me. I mean, uh, yeah, it was, it was a nice feel good movie. And, um, what else was I trying to say? So yeah, if they can get another one in, um, 
um, with Harrison Ford. Um, it, you know, it's supposed to be a fun movie. It's not to be taken too seriously. Yeah. So uh, more power to him. Yeah, and Shia LaBeouf obviously is probably going to be in it again. Well, yeah. He's in everything like major these days. Pretty much, yeah. All right, well, let me just play a clip where they talk about where he kind of talks about that, and you can decide for yourself where he said, whether he's not, he's saying there's going to be a fifth indie. Now, over the last few years, you've been involved in some massive films, the first Transformers two summers ago, Indiana Jones last summer. I mean, what are the elements you need to have a big summer blockbuster? Because you're the guy. Steven Spielberg, I think, is a real key asset to a blockbuster. He invented them. So I think that's a, the originator is always a, a good place to start. I think Michael Bay makes the best action films. Uh, I think he's the best action director alive. Uh, I think ILM, the company does the special effects. They're the best special effects house in the business. And I think, uh, you know, this is the biggest movie Paramount's ever mounted, budget-wise. Uh, and we've got to go places and do things that nobody else gets to do. Uh, the military almost opens up their doors to us and lets us use all their toys. So, With all those key people putting their efforts into the film, does that put pressure on you to deliver? Do you sit there thinking, I've really got to give the best performance of my life here? We're making a movie about toys. You know, this is an elephant man. Uh, uh, I don't feel pressures that way. My job is to make uh, my words honest, you know, just just uh, make what I'm saying feel like there's truth involved, and Sam is, is sort of the anchor of the truth in this movie. Um, so dealing with, like, tonal elements and, and a lot of the humor is all ad-libbed, so, so that stuff's all free-form thought and just being on your toes, you know. Uh, but, yeah, this isn't, this isn't that movie. This is a movie. This is escapism. This is a fun movie. We try to make a fun movie. This isn't... Uh, you know, uh, an extreme character uh, uh, research type situation. This is a, uh, a situation where you just want to make your words truthful. As you say, it's a huge, complicated action movie. Are you looking forward to uh, doing some other things soon? We're going to see you in the Wall Street sequel, which uh, hopefully won't have that many special effects in it. Is that something you're looking forward to? And will we see you in an Indiana Jones movie as well? Uh, Stephen just said that he cracked a story on it before I left, and uh, I think they're gearing that up. Um, the wall, definitely no special effects in that movie. That uh, Money Never Sleeps, is, I think, is the official title now. Um, and Oliver Stone is a, just a different filmmaker than I've experienced. Uh, he's just he's just uh, a bit more rebellious than Steven and, and uh, has a different edge than Mike. And it's, uh, it's fun to get to work with your superheroes. These guys are Batman and Robin to me, you know? So I feel like I'm, 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 I get to wake up and, and shake hands with mermaids and unicorns, you know? I live in a fantasy world. Uh, which is amazing. I'm just, I'm the luckiest dude on the planet. That's part of the interview with the BBC that he did, obviously about Transformers, promoting the movie that's coming out, what, this week, which, uh, this coming week, which uh, we are definitely going to see. Oh, yeah. But he mentions that Stevens cracked open the script for, uh, for Indy 5. Well, it's, um, it's in the works, it seems. I mean, now it's just a question of, I'd be curious if, they, if they'd done any, if they start talking to Harrison Ford and anybody else. Yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, where that actually um, falls. Well, in uh, other news, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Do you want to talk a little bit about this? Sure. I'm not um, sure. You didn't, did you read the article? I didn't read much of it. but um, Well, the, there, there is talk, um, the possibility that it could continue. And, and I, that I would, would be exciting. 
because the last episode, I mean, was just phenomenal, but it left a ton of loose ends. Um, it was just, it would have been a huge letdown if that's where they end the story. Yeah, and I think what happens is, here's what the article says, at least to start, is that James Middleton, the executive producer of Fox's Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, told Sci-Fi Wire that he remains passionate about continuing the story of the canceled series in another format, but does not want anybody to get anybody's hopes up. Middleton is producing credits on both series and the film Terminator Salvation. So he was involved with both, which I wasn't aware that he was involved with mm-hmm. that one. And... um He's not necessarily saying this is coming to movie. This could be a comic book. This could be a novel, maybe a novel, whatever. But there's um, that the story's not finished, and that we'll see some sort of resolution. Which, all right, I would love to see the actual actors and series back. But if I get a novel or if I get a comic book that helps wrap the series up, I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too. I mean, if if, if that's the if that's all they can do, I mean, the actors are wouldn't surprise me if. They probably have moved on to other projects, um, but um, yeah, I'll take I'll take a book. That's fine. He's, here's what he says about what would happen. We talked about the finale a little bit in, in another episode of Dining here, but he said that if they would have had a third season, they would have they would have uh, explored the fact that he time traveled into the future and what that would have meant, which he obviously didn't get. So we'll see. And just as a side note, the complete second season of Terminator drops into stores and into our store. September 22nd. So, good deal. Good deal. I mentioned earlier at the top of the show that I watched the movie Eagle Eye, which you did not see. Is that correct? That is correct. I haven't. It, but, and that does star uh, Shia LaBeouf. That does? Yeah. Well, I guess while we're on a Shia LaBeouf uh, kick here, let's talk about let's this. Just, let's just listen to the trailer of this, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it. And uh, this isn't really news. This is old news. But I watched it, so it's news for me. But you got to make a choice, fellas. Who are you going to be? Boys? Men. Four bullets, baby. You beat me into that, Jared. Come on. I guess it's Mama's house for you tonight, Ooh. big Jared. Apartment in 30 seconds. You must flee the premises. Who is this? No, none of this is mine! FBI! Get the hell out of the car! Listen, I stopped mine! You know you got the wrong guy, right? Oh, obviously. Somebody set me up. Here's the thing, Jerry. You're in a load of trouble, son. Rachel Holloman, look in the window. Would you risk your life for your son? Who are you? There's a car parked at the corner of this block. The keys are in the ignition. Start walking. Time for your phone call. We told you to run. How'd you get on this phone? Who are you? You have ten seconds. What the hell are you talking about? Get down now. Please, Jerry. No. Jump now. No way that this guy did this alone. Someone is pulling his strings. Are you the one who called me on the phone? What you got you to drive. FBI! Follow directions and you'll live through this. How are you seeing us right now? Disobey. What did she say? And you die. Somebody's hacking into the power grid. Hey! Ah! Traffic cams. The lights are all turning green. You got a theory? She wants us to go to the armored truck. The briefcase. What's in it? It makes no sense. This is insane. You want to survive I'm not doing them? this. Do it now. Go, go, go! 
What if it's a decoy to distract us from something 50 times bigger? Find out what is happening. We are everywhere. Anyway, so that was Eagle Eye. That's a trailer for Eagle Eye. And this is, by the way, another Steven uh, Spielberg movie. Okay. I didn't know so that. Shia LaBeouf is being used all over the place by him. You He's know, I, and let me tell you, this did not get great reviews when it came out, in my opinion. Uh, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. If you want an entertaining movie with high action and, you know, nothing that's too deep or philosophical, this is your movie. It was it was well done. It was well well done, and I and I and I mean, uh, it, it's it's action. Billy Bob uh, Billy Bob Thornton's in it mm-hmm. uh, as one of the guys, and the girl I'm not familiar with that well, but it, it was well done. It sounds like a kind of a movie that leaves you on the edge of your seat all time during duration of it. It is a bit like M- Enemy of the State. Mm-hmm. Did you see that one with Will Smith? And he's I being tracked heard. by the cameras and all mm-hmm. that. Well, a bit like this, except. It's not any humans tracking him. It's a computer that's tracking him. The eagle eye, uh, which I'm not going to give too much away, but just understand. But that's the premise of it, and they're being set up to do something. And uh, it's a uh, it's a very good. It's I'm going to have to Netflix. That it's 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 worth watching, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you guys can disagree with me. That's fine. But I, I liked it. It was good. It it, it was well worth the uh, whatever money I spent in the rental. So. This is a trailer for uh, a movie that I'm not 100% familiar with. Have you heard of it? This, this, is, this is new to me also. So a movie 2012. Um, it opens in November. It opens on November 13th of this year. So we have a little bit to go, but this is a new trailer for the movie 2012. Also decided the people have the right to fight for their lives.
No matter what happens, we'll all stay together. All right, John Cusack's in it. The villain from Serenity. Oh, the opera. Isn't it? Yep, is in it. And uh, this is one of your classic disaster movies. The end of the world, everything's being destroyed. Mm-hmm. White House, of course, is destroying the pencil, Statue of Liberty, yada, 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 New York, whatever. They're destroying everything, and there's insinuation that they have lifeboats that are set to go, ready to leave. The U.S. or wherever that will kind of function like an arc of humanity. Right. So this is 2012. Predicted by the Aztecs, apparently. Mayans, I think you said. Yeah, Mayans, yeah. What do you think? Um, sounds interesting. I mean, probably not a very – a huge, deep movie, um, but um, – not looking, not looking for anything too intellectual. But pro- you know, probably something entertaining, though. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe you'll be, maybe you'll get some human response where you're finding out how humans really are when that disaster happens. You always see that the true the trueness of humanity when is brought out when disaster happens. Let's see. I think I, we we saw that in Armageddon and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Day after tomorrow. Day after, what, yeah. and what was the one with the comet? Um, oh yeah, oh, that was Armageddon. Armageddon was with the asteroid. Oh yeah, yeah. The there was comet. another one with the comet. Impact, uh, deep impact. impact. Yeah. yeah, you know that was there. And uh, we're not saying any of these movies were good or bad. We're just saying this was there. They explored it. Independence Day, you know, end of the world as we know it. You know, Day. the world unites together. You know, mm-hmm. alien race. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, whatever. It's um, whether or not it's going to be a good movie or not. Hard to say. The trailer looks good. It looks at, at the ba- at worst um, entertaining. Oh yeah. You know, so hey, whatever. Surprise! It's not playing this summer, but well, I guess there's, there's enough stuff playing this summer. Yeah, enough stuff. But well, you know, November give us something to look forward to in November. I think that's true. Joss, the man they called Joss, he rode about spaceships and shepherds and whores, stood up to the networks and gave them a four. But canceled his program, but that was their loss. The creator of Firefly, the man they call Joss. Now Joss saw the viewer's heart breaking. He heard the brown coats lament. He saw Fox management taken. His show in a way that made no sense. He said, you can't do that to my program. Can't grind it under your heel. So he took all his cast and, well, now at last, they've landed a big damn movie deal. He wrote about spaceships and shepherds and whores, stood up to the networks and gave them what for. Fox canceled his program, but that was their loss. The creator of Firefly, the man they call Joss. Now here is what separates Firefly. From other shows you're likely to see It's meaningful and witty And the setting's really gritty And the theme song's about serenity It's a little like a western Yeah! It's a little like X-Files It's better than Trek And it's funnier than Shrek And it beats out Andromeda by miles he wrote about spaceships and shepherds and whores Stood up to the networks and gave them what for Fox canceled his program, but that was their loss The creator of Firefly, the man they called Joss Don't mind. 
He rode a vast spaceship, sent a birds and whores Stood up to the networks and gave them what for But canceled his program, but that was their loss They created a firefly, the man they call Joss Now here is what separates Whedon From riders he slave in the poor The man they call Joss, well he said to Fox I'm going where no show has gone before He told us about Reavers He told us about Sin He took us to the black and we ain't coming back Till all those crazy Broncos rise again He rode about spaceships and shepherds and whores Stood up to the networks and gave them one for But canceled his program, but that was their loss The creator of Firefly, the man they call John This is now our Whedon show well, All things Whedon, right? Yes, one of the best, if not the best sci-fi writer today his scripting is incredible. And by the way, that song, hilarious. Yeah, well, it, it, it inspired you know these guys to uh, write folk music about Firefly. I mean, right, uh, right. And uh, what what a what a fitting style of music for the uh, the setting of Firefly. Absolutely. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. Uh, Josh uh, Josh Whedon, of course, has written many many other shows, and we asked you, the listeners, to respond. And let us know which shows were your favorite. And without fail, the ultimate favorite one is Firefly. No surprise. Uh, there, there was no surprise there. Coming in, and that was um, that was about 50, oh, let me see here, 50, 55% of our listeners thought that Firefly was her favorite show. Coming in second was Dollhouse, which is the most current show. Mm-hmm. And then when you get back beyond that, it's divided between Dr. Horrible and uh, Buffy and Angel did not even make it onto the scene. Interesting. So not a lot of people like the Angel spinoff, at least not – if you didn't – if you don't agree with those, you should have voted. But um, that's, that's, that's kind of where people are at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so no surprise there. So we thought we were going to talk about those in kind of reverse o- order a little bit. Right. Um, uh, we'll talk about all the shows a little bit, but we're probably going to be focusing on Firefly and what made Firefly, what made 55% of our listeners say that Firefly was the ultimate Joss Whedon show. And this is the only, you know, a show, the other shows had, you know, lasted years. Right. And this lasted barely a season. <laughs> right. So, except for Dr. Horrible, which was like a three act play. Mm-hmm. So, a little webisode type thing that he did. Yeah. But I put it in there, it's worth talking about. So. Well, let's talk about uh, Buffy and Angel together here. We talked about this before, but you saw Buffy, right? I didn't watch it regularly. I probably, you know, something I would like to now. Um, actually, a year or two ago, I actually got interested in the whole vampire genre a little bit more, and so uh, I, you know, I should check out Buffy because uh, that definitely deals with vampires. But uh, you know, I, I watched some episodes, and and I've and I've enjoyed it when I watched. But you know, since it didn't start at the beginning of the series. I feel like there was kind of this connection to the characters I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And so for me, again, you, you mentioned that you kind of got into the whole vampire thing. I'm not quite there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm enjoying Underworld and some of those, but just not my genre. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I would ever watch Angel to talk about is the guy that the lead character from Bones was Angel. Right. Uh, so, But that la- you know, even that show lasted... How many years? Five, I think. 
All right. Anyways, uh, Buffy and Angel, good shows, but dated now when you watch them. Right, but still, the writing is still superb. I mean, uh, you could tell this is when you watch a show, you could probably think mm, Joss Whedon probably had a lot to do with it. So. Yeah, it had his hand in it. The writing is the. I mean, that's one of the things that he's known for. So, mm-hmm. and then of course, after the show, after Buffy and Angel went off the air, we had what next? Well, I, I guess yeah, chronologically it would be chronologically. It's just that uh, but, Buffy and Angel kept going after Firefly, I think. Uh, no, uh, they were off the air by the time Firefly came Really? On. Okay. I think so. I think that's correct. Okay. That, Buffy was what, 2001, 2002? I thought it was a little later than that. When, when, uh, um, we should IMDb it and find out. When UPN picked it up. Anyways, uh, as far as rating goes, the next up was a, um, a tie between uh, – not a tie. It was a um, – it was a Dr. Horrible was the other one that was kind of listed – uh, down there in the low end, uh, which I have liked, and you've only watched part of it. Yeah, and I do want to see the rest of it. It it does. It's it looks like it's very funny and very entertaining. Well, let's listen to at least some of the music from the uh, finale. I'm not going to ruin the finale entirely, but this is a song from Doctor Horrible. For those of you that are not familiar with Doctor Horrible's sing along blog, which is the official name of it, it was a web webisode. I want to call it, but it was really a web play put out in three acts by Josh Whedon during the writer's strike uh, last year. Uh, and it has gained a lot of fame, so much so that they're talking about making a second one. Anyways, here's a clip from the finale scene of that show. Victories complete So hail to the king Everything you ever Arise and sing So your world's benign So you think justice has a voice And we all have a choice Now your world is mine Everything you ever And I am fine It was a departure for Joss because uh, you have a musical. He never wrote a musical that we know of, right? But um, it's still it's still Joss Whedon. I mean, um, the people he, he had in it and worked with, um, and I guess it was sort of a kind of a statement against the whole writer strike. Oh yeah, and uh, it was very cheaply produced, and the industry as a whole. I mean, yeah. uh, probably some of his you know maybe not so positive experiences with it. And, of course, Nathan Fillion was in it, who mm-hmm. was in the Green Lantern trailer we played, and which, of course, was in Serenity and Firefly. Right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so dates on this are uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer ran from 1997 to 2003. Okay. Uh, Firefly ran from 2002 to 2003. Mm-hmm. 
Buffy the Animated Series was 2004. Angel ran from 1999 to 2004. And then the next thing that he came out with was Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog four years later. And that was, uh, well, Serenity, I guess, was next before that. And then it was uh, the sing-along blog and now Dollhouse, of course, is the mm-hmm. most current. So that's a little bit of the history chronologically, how that all fits together. I thought that while Firefly was going on, Buffy and Angel were going on around the same time. Yeah. Coming in next on our list, of course, was Dollhouse at 25%. Uh, what do you think of Dollhouse? Um, I n- didn't see the pilot episode. I hope to see it sometime. Maybe they'll air the rerun. Um, I like it. It's it's, it's totally different um, than, than, than anything else he has done and just – you know, we keep talking about the reboots. Well, this is definitely not a reboot. It's, yeah, uh, it's not. And this is shows, uh, to be fair, is kind of co-produced. Right. Uh, Eliza, if I'm pronouncing yeah. her last name, uh, Dushku, is, uh, right. she's producing it also. Yeah, so I mean there, there's some collaboration here. So the writing, in my opinion, uh, it took a little bit for this show to get, to get going. Mm-hmm. The writing in this is a bit. Is it isn't quite as strong as Firefly, in my opinion. No, it's it's not, it doesn't. I don't think it's quite as deep as Firefly. I mean, you do have, I mean, you do have a very serious subject of people allowing themselves to be um, programmed and basically rented out. Um, but um, it, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be maybe not as strongly character driven as say Firefly is. Um, maybe. That's, that's what that's what I think, but um, but like you said, it, it did take a little while to get it stride. But I mean, the last the last few episodes before the the, the finale, the season finale, were, oh, they were golden, were excellent. And I mean, you just there's just no way you could. They were just really, really solid episodes, right? Well written, kind of drug drug in. And of course, we have oh, Alan Tudyk, Alan Tudyk, yeah, <laughs> shoddy. Um, Alan Tudyk, yeah, was is of course Alpha in it, and that's. He's incredible, and that took me by surprise because it seemed like he was playing. Well, in Firefly, he plays this plucky comic relief oh, yeah. character, and this one he sort of plays a little. You know, he's a little eccentric, but you know, you think he's just being, being funny, but then it gets turns 180 degrees, and you know, he's cutting people with scalpels. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. it was pretty phenomenal. I, you know what? I like the series. I'm looking forward to its return. Me too. And what I like about it is it's not. It, it's portraying this. Situation as something that's coming apart at the seams. There's an FBI agent trying his darnest to expose it. Mr. Battlestar Galactica. Himself. Yes. And uh, Tamal Pennicut, um, played Hilo. Um, uh, what's his character's name in uh, Ballard? Uh, Ballard? Agent Ballard. Uh, agent Ballard. And uh, another Firefly alumni uh, is in there. Um, the actor's name eludes me, but he played uh, Badger. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, he's also a Firefly alumni. Yes. In one of the uh, one of the episodes. So um, again, um, I like that it's not it's not a perfect situation. It's a situation that's coming apart, and a couple times looked like it's get the, the, the you know the roof uh, blown off of it. But um, in the end, it's it they they managed to uh, conceal what's going on for now. For now, um, yeah. and I, uh, what's her name? Uh, Summer Glau is going to be in the next season. Yeah, we have we have uh, we reported on that. I guess the last time, and uh, at least we're hoping it'll it'll happen, and uh, should be good. I'm looking forward to it. Right. So, uh, so, so this is probably, of course, this is the most current thing that that, that Josh Whedon's and uh, Josh Whedon's involved in, and we uh, and we're excited about it. 
Right. I mean, the last few seasons, last few episodes were excellent. So hopefully, it, hopefully the, it's going to lead up to something good for right, next right, season. Right. Right. Well, that brings us probably to our main focus uh, is our absolute love of Firefly, which is probably one of its best scripted shows ever. Let's talk about that after we play the. Uh, the- take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free. You can take the sky from me. Take me out to the black. Tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land and boil the sea. You can't take the sky from me. There's no place I can be since I found serenity. But you can't take the sky from me. All right, so this, of course, is the introductory credits to, uh, to Firefly. Yeah, and I think that you and I had the, the hard thing for us is f- finding what we didn't like about it. I don't think there's anything we don't like about this show. I mean, I think you and I could spend a couple hours talking about how good Firefly yeah. is. One of the things that really stood out in the show, of course, is the writing. That every single line fit. They're each different every, – every character had their own voice, which I think was a reflection more of the writing, although the acting certainly carried that as well. Oh, I sure. mean, each of these characters, what was so neat about it is that each was so different. Absolutely. Uh, everybody um, – you know, in a lot of sci-fi before that, I, th- I think Firefly might have inspired better writing in some of the newer sci-fi we see now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just seemed like the characters – in some other shows are a little more one dimensional. Um, these characters are definitely, you know, three dimensional, very, very, you know, and, and very different from each other. Very imperfect. Very, yeah, exactly. Um, very, very flawed, um, damaged, I, I would say even. Yeah, um, I mean, so let's talk about the characters. We have, we have Captain, we have, we have, we have Mal, right? Mal- Malcolm Reynolds, um, uh, a veteran of the the War of Independence, uh, the Battle war, of Serenity, right, and, and a war that he was involved in where they lost. Yeah. Uh, so, um, this so is, he's burned. This is a, this is a very damaged person. He is a person who has lost his faith in God, lost his faith in humanity. Um, he is just, um, you know, um, he's trying to. He's basically an outlaw, right? He's basically an outlaw. He's not, you know, um, he's an outlaw, but he, he is an outlaw with a heart. I mean, if, if right. we could say that. I mean, there 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 are redeeming qualities about Malcolm. Um, he does care about his crew. He well, exactly. He cares. I mean, so much to the point of um, the episode in Ariel where um, uh, Jane tries to sell out Simon and River. He says, you know, when you did it to them, you did it to me, and so right. Um, well, let's talk about Jane while we're at it. Jane, another great character. Um, so you know, some of the comic relief, all, all of them provide their own comedy, but um, some of the funniest things come out of this guy's mouth. Right, and, and he really, he really is almost the stereotypical dumb jock. You mm-hmm. know, that just that that just wants to fight. Just he's spoiling for a fight, and you can't trust this guy. I mean, right. he, he may be your hired gun. 
but if if the money's right, uh, he could point that gun at you. I mean, right. uh, they, they they explore that in, in the pilot episode. Right. Um, many times, he and Mal are at odds with with uh, the choices that Mal is making, um, and uh, we, we would have been interested to see that conflict developed more if the show went on. But um, it, it, it you know even though it's it, it is a family, but it is a very dysfunctional family on that ship. Let's talk about um, Shepard Book. Shepard Book, great character. Right. And uh, let me tell you, it was so refreshing. And we talked about this in light of a Battlestar Galactica, too. It was so refreshing to have a show that, to have to Joss, you know, talking about religion in a way that was just, this is just a part. And it, there was commentary going all over the place because obviously, you know, Malcolm did not embrace it. And then some of the others were kind of like okay with it, and others were like, you know, whatever. But it wasn't like he downed religion, which was kind of nice. Right. It was not – this this character was not portrayed as a buffoon or somebody ridiculous. Um, I mean, he's obviously – I mean, there's very many layers to uh, Shepard Book. I mean, uh, he's, he's holding Mal in one episode. He says, I wasn't born a shepherd. So we know right. that there's a, a And there's a past. I mean, he gets him into some alliance territory. I mean, come on. Right. He has a past that – that's pretty high up, which we which we never know exactly what it is. Yeah, but thanks, Fox. Well, yes, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, but um, again, though, I mean, he, some some great lines came from uh, Shepard Book's mouth um, when River goes uh, a little crazy and starts ripping pages out of his Bible and correcting it in her own mind. You know, one one, one of the best lines is um, from him is, "You don't fix faith; faith fixes you." Right. And uh, so, it is a good line. Yes, and w- one of the funniest lines I think he's ever said. Um, um, well, there's a couple of them, but well, th- two of them come 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 to me. Um, they're trying to rescue Mal from uh, Nishka's station, and he's he's getting armed. And um, Zoe says, "Doesn't the Bible have something to say about killing?" And he says, "Well, yeah, it does, but it's kind of vague about uh, kneecaps." So uh, okay. <laughs> And uh, there's a line in uh, our Mrs. Reynolds where, uh, you know, Mrs. Reynolds is trying to make the moves. Uh, you know, Saffron's making, making the moves on Mal, but um, Book goes, um, you know, about taking advantage of her. He goes, um, you know, there's a special place in hell reserved for child molesters and people who, who talk in, in the theaters. So, right. Uh, yeah. So, again, a lot of that's attributed to Joss's uh, great great scripting in that absolutely but, but a great character and and, and again i, I do and I, I, you know the interesting thing is i do not i believe that joss is a self-professed hate a- atheist he is i did hear that and, on on an interview with him. and so what's refreshing is even in spite of that he this is a great character that he's developed in this as dealing with spirituality right he's not trying to i don't i mean some some writers it's it's almost a platform for them to Express right. themselves. Well, on their it own could be. View. It could be easily. Right, and and this, and I don't think it is. Is this is a story he's just telling mm-hmm. of these people's lives? And well, let's, let's talk about River. River. Um, she she she's a huge focus of the show because um, the Alliance did some medical experiments on her, and uh, um, again, there's there's a lot of layers to her character um, that we see. You know. In the in the show, and then later on in the movie, but uh, oh man, word. Uh, there's I mean, really, there's a, there's a part where the sh- the movie kind of goes back and recaps a little bit about what happened, but you really get the story of River mm-hmm. in it. 
and um, and, and her brother uh, Simon Tam, who uh, basically you know who, who's, a, who's a young doctor, very successful, but but gives it all up to to save his sister from uh, um, Mal is 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 happy to give them safe passage and uh, sanctuary for a time. Um, and because, you know, it's his way of sticking to the Alliance also. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I think one of my favorite river scenes, I really got to put a sound clip from this and is when, when they, when they, after they crash land and she takes out all those rivers. Well, what, what is so, yeah. What is so great about that? I mean, we didn't see her, her fighting skills in the, in the, in the um, TV series, but, um, they're holding off the Reavers. Her brother gets shot. Everybody's getting shot. Um, she says, you always take care of me. And then she says, my turn. And jumps through the door and grabs an axe or something and you know, kicks butt and take names. Oh, yeah, it is. And, and then they show her when the door opens back up. She's standing there with her two weapons out by her side. It's right. just one of, those, one of those images that you just – it's sticks with you. It's iconic. I mean, it uh, is. They, they've made uh, little statues of them. I mean, because it's so it's so poignant. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's it's great. It, it, it was really a great, great, great movie to have a, to, to follow everything up with. Mm-hmm. But anyway, other characters we need to mention: um, Inara. Inara. Um, By the way, my wife's favorite character. She loved Inara in this show. Well, this this was. I mean. In, in in this universe, um, the the uh, the courtesan or geisha girl, um, prostitute, you know, escort, whatever you want to call them, it, it is a position of high society. I mean, as long as they go through the you know their registered um, companion. Um, ironically, if she her presence on the ship opens doors for them to do business because she's kind of quasi royalty, if you will. Right. Right. And uh, kind of a love interest with Mile. I mean, they kind of they're, they're exploring that. They're, 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 there is some kind of tension going on between them two uh, throughout the TV series. And um, I mean, he's always, you know, insulting her profession. And you know, that, but there's this repartee between the two of them. Um, but there's also, but you know, that there's something going on between the two of them. Right. Right. Um, that we sort of see a little more in the movie. Yeah, although again they don't nearly build on that the way they could. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, there's no, um, no. You know, you don't see a relationship begin with them too, but uh, you definitely see a potential there in the movie. Yeah, and uh, then we wash, wash and Zoe. Uh, Alan, Alan Tudyk. Uh, we talked a little bit about him. Um, plucky comic relief character, the pilot of the ship. Um, what's great with him and and. Uh, um, Gina Torres. I mean, she she's the warrior. I mean, she served with Mal in the war. Uh, she's the one that's you know has a little rifle as her gun, and you know, he, kind of almost reversed roles. It, it is definitely reversed gender roles. I mean, he you know she's definitely the uh, the you know the physically stronger of the two, but uh, they, their relationship works though. He he has some great lines as far as uh, I think one of my favorite lines is in the pilot episode. He's playing with those dinosaurs in a little ship. He goes, and it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way he's talking and then like the buzzer goes off and it's like. Oh. Uh, we didn't talk about. Um, oh, the mechanic. We talk mechanic, about. yeah. And again, sort of. Um, what was her name? I should know. She was Kaylee. Kaylee, thank you. Yeah. Um, she seems like this, this sweet little girl. But she's she's the you know the force that keeps the, the ship going. She's a mechanic and, uh, and loves mm-hmm. loves sex. 
loves sex and loves uh, uh, Simon Tam. Oh, uh, yes. Which, yeah. uh, you know, you see a little in that TV show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so those are the characters and uh, some of the reasons that we love those characters and the way they interact. It's really their interaction that kind of sets it all together. Yeah, this is definitely a strong character-driven show. Now let's talk about the setting. Uh, the premise for this was really a risk for Joss, which... Right. I mean, Star Trek was, was allegedly wagon trains of the stars. Um not really. I mean, th- th- this this is really a wagon train to the stars. Oh, absolutely! It was a mixture of a western and a and a space opera. In a sense. Absolutely, uh, because you have them fighting in space, but we're in a society where they're still using pistols. Yeah, they're uh, using projectile weapons. Right. Um, so no, no, no phasers here, Miles. No, fa- no aliens either. I mean, this is all. Right. This deals with the human condition. Uh, deals with. I mean, we say it's a we- you know, sci-fi western um, on the outer planets and moons. Uh, people are still riding horses, uh, driving covered wagons. Um, well, in it, fact, in one of the episodes, they even haul cattle. Right. They, 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 I mean, you won't see this in any other sci-fi show. You know, Serenity hauls cattle from one planet to another. Um, right. Uh, but it's just that's one of the jobs they take on. Yeah, and so it's, it, is, it, is, it has that feel. And they look like cowboys. They look like cowboys. They talk like cowboys. Um it's you know it it, it 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 it's a nice mixture of I mean they do show what the what the the core worlds look like where that's supposed supposedly the high society lives and whenever they swear they swear in Chinese right. I mean so is the, there's the combination of the American culture and the Chinese culture in this show right what are some of our favorite Firefly moments and we say that they're all good but what are some of the episodes that stick out in your mind Miles probably some one of the most intense. Most intense episode I think was 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 war stories um, when when Mal and Wash are getting tortured by Nishka. Uh, they keep flashing back, right? Right. Yeah. It, it, exactly. Um, or, or was that um, was that out of gas? I think out of gas is where they actually did the flashbacks. From. Okay. But this one was. Um, I mean, it, it was funny because Wash felt there was something unresolved between Zoe and Mal, and so he. He forces himself to be part of the mission, which I think he regrets later because he gets the crap beat out of him later on. But um, right, but definitely um, it, was, it was hard to watch. I mean, watch Mal get tortured and watch uh, Wash get tortured. It, was, it looked very real. Um, it was, you know, it had its moments of humor, but it was also it was one. Of, it's a uh, it was a uh, it, it was a harder one to watch. Uh, one of the, one of the funny moments I, I like is uh, the beginning of uh, our Mrs. Reynolds where you see this covered train. Jane is driving it, and you think it's a woman sitting next to him. And oh, that's a great opening scene, yeah. too. And that, that was just a really – that was a good uh, moment. Janestown was excellent. J- Janestown was excellent. He thinks he's, you know, he's risking his life by going there because of his past actions. But uh, if he finds out he's a folk hero, he has his own statue and – there's, yeah. even, there's even a song you know, written about him. The train job was a great one. Um, I remember the end scene where he offers to get this this uh, one of Nishka's uh, thugs to take the money, and you know the guy says no. So they have a little little scuffle, and um, Mal kicks him into the uh, engine. Um, oh, that's right. So and uh, the other guy says, "Okay, you know, no problem. Well, you know, and uh, take take the money and run." Uh, that was a good one. A tra- train job. The very first one. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 
they're 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 robbing a train. This is this is this is out of the cowboy movies, but right. uh, but you have a spaceship hovering above a, a you know flying above a train, and uh, and it's, uh, granted, it's a very futuristic looking train. It's a few, yeah, it's not on train tracks. It's riding above the air, but uh, it's it, it's still a train. Right, right. Uh, very well done. The, the entire the entire uh, the entire season was just well done. Mm-hmm. Now, am I right in saying that that there were three episodes that never aired? Yeah, only eleven. Well. Ten or eleven episodes. Maybe there's like two or three that right. I'm looking at IMDb, and they're actually listing them as having aired. Hmm. Um, excuse me. Um, the, the dates here are whacked. Uh, actually, they didn't. They aired uh, like way after the season ended. Okay. So they did air like they had like the last episode that we ever saw Serenity was right before Christmas, December 20th, 2002. And then Heart of Gold, Trash and the Message uh, actually um, uh, aired in August, July and well, yeah, in July and August of 2003. So quite a bit after mm-hmm. they did. but Which I, I don't think any of us knew at the time that at least I didn't know at the time that this show was on. I mean, which I remember sitting in my apartment and watching some okay. of some of the episodes, but not really being hooked until I got it in DVD. Then absolutely loving it. Yeah, I mean Fox. I mean they really dropped the ball on this show. Yeah. Um, if they you know, aired it at a decent hour and, and just promoted it some, uh, I think it would have had. A, you know, it could have easily had a five year run. Yeah. Oh, what, what are you going to do? But I guess it's part of its legend is that, you know, it was a very short-lived show, but still had a huge impact. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the movie. Uh, Serenity. Yeah, let's talk about the movie, and then we uh, probably should call it a show. Sounds good. So, loved it? Liked it? Oh, loved it. Um, they make a movie out of a, a, a quote-unquote failed TV show. And, <laughs> right. Uh, right. And uh, they don't have a huge budget, maybe $40, 50000000 million. I think it was only f- I think it was only forty. Yeah, so they don't have a, a lot of money to make this, but they still do. They 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 get a lot of bang for their buck. But yeah, um, now this movie did not do well in theaters. It was a bad year for movie. It was a bad season for movies. I remember. Um, I think it was paired up against something too. I I'm not sure. But it it did get some a lot of critical acclaim though that year. I mean, there the, the people who saw it said and this was the year that um, uh, Revenge of the Sith was uh, out there and. People are saying this was definitely a better movie than Revenge of the Sith. You know, each his own. It was a, it was a, uh, I enjoyed the movie. I mean, there were some, so many memorable moments. What we were talking about earlier before the show, you know, just, you know, washes, I'm a leaf in the wind, I'm a leaf in the wind. And the, there were just so many good moments. We got to see, it wasn't Earth, was it? They, that they went and found the, well, no, they're still in this soul, they're in this solar system where they, the, the movie is great. They, they open, I mean, if, you, if you're not a fan, if, if you didn't get a chance to see the TV show, obviously it helps, but you don't have to see. They the TV. back it up enough for you to understand what's going on. Exactly. They tell you this is where the, this is where Firefly takes place. Uh, and this is where it's come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, this is a story of how the Reavers came about. You'll find that one of the enemies that they fight against are the Reavers in the show, and right. they deal with that. We get a little bit about the um, the alliance coming up against uh, the brown coats here, which, mm-hmm. by the way, we didn't establish that, but but Mal fo- fought with the brown coats, and uh, they're still around, sort of, and uh, you know, and so the, and River is obviously a project of the alliance. And, yeah, her her story really sort of comes full circle here, right. um, as far as you know, 
you know, maybe, maybe there's more secrets in her head, but this is probably the biggest secret she has in her head, and this is Mal's opportunity to really stick it to the Alliance. Right, right. And we, of course, see the death of three, well, two, two very loved characters, and one character we just meet, Mr. Universe, that dies. Right. But uh, we, of course, lose Walsh, and we lose... Shepherd Book. Shepherd Book, and both are two characters that... Yeah, I, I guess I wonder when when, um, when when Whedon was doing this if he figured this was their last. Uh, I actually was wondering if when they signed a three picture deal, if they only agreed to the first one because mm-hmm. they did sign a three picture deal, and we obviously are probably not going to see the other two pictures because it did so poorly. But. Well, oh yeah, but no, a very very enjoyable movie. Um, we talked about this earlier. The, the scene where. The operative with 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 a fleet of lion ships is waiting for Mal to come, and you know he, he sees the ship, and then there's this fleet of reavers chasing him. It's just you know the way it's done. Uh, it's is pretty it's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Reading activity in the cloud. Lock on fire in my command. You should have let me see her, Captain. We should have done this as men, not with fire. Sir! Vessel in range, lock on. Bastard's not even changing course. Sir? Target the Reavers. Target the Reavers. Target everyone. Summary fire! We're not alone. 
Everybody strap yourselves into something. James, got it! That, that was just one great scene. That's, of course, the death of Wash, and that's right, immediately right after that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, it's just very good. I, I remember I watched it with a commentary. Joss wanted to make you think that any of these characters can die now. I mean, he just killed Wash, a main character. Well, earlier he killed a book, but, um, but now it's just, you know. That was a Derek moment. moment. That was like the Terminator moment when they killed Derek. Like it just boom, dead out, out of nowhere. You you don't see it coming. Yeah, yeah. You, you think they're gonna he's gonna be all right. I mean, uh, they, he crash lands a ship, but everybody seems to be fine. And um, yeah, they breathe a sigh of relief, and not too much. And a harp, he gets harpooned. Yeah, yeah. Wow, the music was good. The way they dealt with space was good. Right now is another thing. I mean, the TV show is they're more realistic about was. You don't hear anything in space, so you don't hear explosions. You don't hear, you know, the ship engine. It's just it's it's quiet in space. Do we have anything more to say about Serenity and Firefly? I, I think we covered it. Um, uh, great show, great show. So, so sorry it ended so soon. If you have never watched it and you consider yourself a sci-fi aficionado, believe me, this is one of the shows you really should go back and rewatch. Even though there's no more new episodes. Is worth seeing. This is this is Joss at his height. This might be one of the best things Joss has ever done, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and I think this is one of the reasons why people were kind of eh about Dollhouse, um, because uh, it, it it was kind of a uh, it, it was they were kind of eh about because it did not have quite the caliber. They had high expectations after Firefly, and it just didn't just didn't. Yeah, cover quite I don't as much. know why. 
yeah, I, 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 unless they're just taking you know Dollhouse in a totally different direction. Yeah. When again, this is we said it was co-produced, so that's right. You can give it a little bit of an excuse there. That's true. All right. Why don't we uh, wrap up the show with our trivia? Okay. Go from there. Okay, uh, for this week's trivia, uh, we are staying uh, with uh, our, our Firefly theme tonight. Uh, in the episode Ariel, uh, which dealt with uh, some of uh, the Simon and River Tam's uh, past, um, the question this week is, um, who is the young actor who played uh, young Simon Tam? And just to give you a little clue, this actor has been featured uh, quite prominently in some some Disney movies the last couple of years. Right, right. And you can let us know the answer to that by calling our listener line at 206-600-4824, 206-600-4824. I really need the AT&T operator's voice. That'd be great. I wonder if they have like a voice mod for that or something. Anyways, you can also email us at zogpod at gmail.com. Let us know the answer there. And how else can they get a hold of you? Um, I am on Twitter, uh, Son of Wharf uh, on Twitter. And also I have a TrekSpace account. Just look at Miles McLaughlin on TrekSpace. I'm on there. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. We would love to dialogue with you, hear what you're thinking about the show. Any suggestions for the show? Anything you'd just like to share with us? Yeah. What you ate for breakfast, You know, when you went to the toilet, whatever. Um, uh, maybe maybe a bit much. That's too but, much. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit much. Um, toilet humor all the time, and uh, I believe that's it. Yes. Um, and uh, next week, of course, we're interviewing uh, Michael Schilling from uh, Shore Leave. And if you have any questions for him, just let us know. We would be happy to talk to him about that. But until then, we'll see you uh, next week. Uh, good night and good luck. <laughs>